thank God tonight for bringing us here. Amen. Welcome to God's classroom. Amen. We've been talking about how to give God, but uh, we've been talking about, amen, what to give God thanks for. Amen. What should we be thankful to God for? We'll be talking about that because this week we are talking about thanksgiving. So we'll be talking about what do we give God thanks for? We've seen a whole uh, list of reasons why people should give God thanks. Tonight we are talking about how we may do so. And I want us to get right into it. Amen. In Psalm number 116 and verse 12, Psalm 116 verse 12, the psalmist said, What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. This question that the psalmist asks is what many people do ask. And I'm sure that you probably have asked this question before. What shall I give back to God? What shall I render to God? He's been so good. He's been so faithful. He's been so kind. He did so much for us. He healed us. He delivered us. He helped us. He set us free. So what shall we render to him? It's not that we can pay God back, but it is important to realize that after God has done something for you, you should be able to have something on your side to give to him. This is what we call thanksgiving because you're not paying God, but you are giving him back, amen, as a thanksgiving offering. It's like you're saying, Lord, thank you for what you have done for me. So the psalmist asks this, and I want us to be in the world tonight. Amen. Psalm 116, Psalm 116, verse 12 says, What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? Then he says, I will take up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. So this is what we are talking about tonight. The cup of salvation. I will take up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. The cup was in those days in the uh, Old Testament like a drink offering or wine or drink offering that is poured on the altar while calling on the name of the Lord. It was a type of uh, sacrifice, was like a type of the kind of sacrifice that God wants us to actually engage ourselves in or involve ourselves in since we have given our life to Jesus. Let's look for, let's look at some, amen, foundation to this. Amen. If you remember in the book of Matthew chapter 20 and verse 32, two young men who were disciples of Jesus and who have the same mother, they were brothers, Amen. Uh, they, they were, they, as, as you remember, Amen. They came to Jesus, Amen. James and John, both of them came to Jesus, and they said, "Of course, they came with their mom, and the mom said, Jesus grant that in your father's kingdom 
these two sons of mine who are already a disciples will be top disciples you know the one should sit to your right and the other should sit to your left in the kingdom so jesus looked at for and looked at the children and he said you do not know what you are asking matthew chapter 20 verse 32 amen um can you drink the cup i am going to drink now the cup comes up here. What what was Jesus talking about? He was talking about the the the, the cup of the sacrifice, the sacrifice that he was going to make for the world. He was going to pour his life as a drink, amen, offering uh, for the world to God for the world, amen, so that through that sacrifice we can be saved jesus was actually speaking about his crucifixion so he was asking them are you able to do what it takes amen to sit at my right hand and at my left of course they said they could well we're not going to go into that today amen but just for you to know that the cup came up here when Jesus said are you able to drink of the cup that I drink of in other words are you able are you willing to make the sacrifice the kind of sacrifice that I will make or that I'm here to make amen in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 39 Matthew chapter 26 verse 39 you remember the garden of Gethsemane this came up again Jesus said, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this car pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. What cup was Jesus talking about here? Once again, it was the suffering, the sacrifice, all that it took, amen, to deliver mankind. So when we talk about the cup of salvation, as the psalmist was saying here, it has to do with sacrifice, something that you have to give in order to help other people so in the time of thanksgiving like this and every day of our lives if we really understand what thanksgiving is and what the father would have us do what god is saying is that we should be ready to make sacrifices in other words we should be ready to do for other people not just for not just for ourselves but for other people jesus gave his life for us amen the bible said the just gave his life for the unjust in other words he gave his life for sinners amen i'm not recommending that anybody should go and die for anybody jesus already did that Guess what? He did that so that we also can play our part. Amen. Following in his example and being strengthened and guided by his spirit that we can also make our sacrifices, take our cup of salvation. Amen. So when when, when the psalmist says, I will take the cup of salvation, actually what it implies is that we should be ready to make some sacrifices 
If you remember in the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, Paul said, Therefore, I beseech you, brothers and sisters, amen, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. What does that mean? He's saying that since you already gave your life to Christ, following the example of Christ, amen, and use your time, your talent, your, 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 your resources, amen, as the Lord helps you to help other people. Living sacrifice, meaning that it should be something that is acceptable to God. If you remember in the scriptures, God actually instructed people, amen, not to bring things that you will not even take. In fact, one day, um, God told one of the prophets to, to ask the people, if you took that kind of sacrifice you want to bring to me to your governor, will you take it? Amen. God wants something good, a living sacrifice, something that is good, something that you can amen, benefit amen, the kingdom of God, but other people. Amen. So think about sacrifices this season. Hallelujah. However you want to make your sacrifice. Amen. Some people want to give. Amen. To a food pantry. Some want to give to an orphanage. Some want to go to the prisons to help the prisoners who are suffering, especially in parts of the world where prisoners are really suffering. Amen. I want you to know today that as you make these sacrifices, you are giving God thanks. You are giving thanks to God. Of course, others would like to bring their sacrifice or their offering to church. Whatever God enables you to do, I want you to know today that this season is a time, it's a season to give it to the Lord. We're on a food pantry at church, and this afternoon, some people that we have not met, I don't even know their day. They said they were neighbor. They were they were our neighbors, our neighbors, and they went to buy all kinds of things from the grocery store. Amen. To bring to church in their mind, they have to give something, give back something in their mind. They are giving God thanks. It's a way of thanksgiving. The psalmist said, "What shall I render to God for all His?" benefits towards me. You have done so much for you. You just can't do nothing. You've got to do something. We've got to do something. That's why the psalmist says, I will take the cup of salvation. Amen. In other words, I will make some sacrifice. Jesus made sacrifice. He gave his life. He asked those disciples, are you able to sacrifice the kind of sacrifice that I'm going to make for you to sit on my right and on my left? Of course, they said they were able. Well, they did not understand what Christ was saying. Now you got it. It has to do with making sacrifice or giving something. Amen. Could be your time. Maybe you want to volunteer this uh, this season. Amen. To do something to help humanity. It does not have to be in church, brothers and sisters. But there could be something that you could do. Hallelujah. To help other people. To give to other people. To help other people. Amen. Remember, as you help other people in the name of Jesus, faithfully from your heart, you are giving God 
thanks. Like I said, you can also bring uh, to, to the church to assist the work of the ministry of the church, especially churches that preach the gospel. Not just those who receive, 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 and you don't see any way that they spend the money, amen, doing the work of God. Amen. Those who preach the gospel, those who take time to, to spread the goodness of Jesus and to promote the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So it's important to, to know that. Let me read one more scripture and um, we shall um, call it a night for tonight. Amen. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 17 says, Paul says, but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering, remember what we just read from Amen, Psalm 116. Paul is repeating here. He said, even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. So what is Paul saying here? Amen. He's willing to die for the people. Amen. That's what he means when he says, even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering, because that was um, the practice. Amen. To be poured out like we read in um, in, 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 in Psalm 116 verse 12. Amen. I would take the cup of salvation. Glory be to God. Possibly, even, even if I'm being poured out as a drink of on the, on the sacrifice and service of your faith, Philippians chapter 2, verse 17, please, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. At this time, Paul was in prison already. Amen. And he's saying that, amen, if for this preaching of the gospel, for which, or for which reason I am in prison, if they take it further, amen, and I'm killed, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm sacrificed, amen, for the king, for the gospel, it's all right. I, I'm happy. I know that you are saved. Amen. Like I said, you don't need to go and ask to be crucified or, or, or die for anybody. Amen. But you, there must be there, there must be a sacrifice that you can make. There must be things you can do for other people, for the world around you, for the kingdom of God. Amen. There could be so many ways. Resolve tonight by the grace of God that you want to give God thanks. Ask the same question that the man asked. He said, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? Amen. God bless you. I would like to pray with you tonight. If you wish to give your life to Christ, this is the time to do so. Amen. Say with me. Say, Jesus, I come to you tonight. I ask that you forgive me my sins and come into my life. Come and save me, Lord. I give myself to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for watching tonight. Amen. We'll continue, this, we'll continue talking about how to give God thanks tomorrow. God bless you. Amen.
Jesus. Glory be to God. We're going to get right into it. Amen. Um, in the book of First uh, Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 27. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 27. The Bible says, Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. This is the church of Christ, the church of God. We all who belong to Jesus, who have believed in Jesus, the Bible says that we are Christ's body, or we form, or we make up the body of Christ. We are Christ's body because through Jesus Christ, we are saved. We are born again and we have the Holy Spirit because Jesus Christ sacrificed his life on the cross for us. So we are born again because of Jesus. We are the body of Christ. Amen. Our physical body is composed of many members, our hands, feet, arms, legs, ears, eyes, and so on and so forth. It is the distinctiveness of each member that enables the body to function correctly. The same is true of the body of Christ, of which we are members. Amen. Every member is distinct and by the grace of God, the body functions. Amen. Because every member functions. So this is the church of God. The church is known as the body of Christ. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12, the Bible says, For even as the body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one, are one body, so also is Christ. So Christ is uh, the head of the church. We are members of Christ. We are members of Christ, and we are known as the body of Christ. Amen. That is explained in Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, when the Bible says that Christ is the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself we come to have first place in everything. So we need to understand, therefore, that Christ is the head of the body. So we are the body of Christ. The church is known as the body of Christ. And Christ is the firstborn from the dead so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. So he is the head of the body. 
Amen. So that is the blessing of having Amen Christ as the head of the body because he gives life to the entire body. We are lively because Christ is the head of the body. And the body, when we talk about the body of Christ, we're not talking about a denomination. We're not talking about a group. We're talking about everyone who accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior all over the world. We all make up what is known as the body of Christ. Amen. So it's not about a denomination. It's not about uh, one name or the other. It's not about white or black. It's about all who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We all make up what is known as the body of Christ. So the church is the body of Christ and Christ is the head of the church. The body of Christ is composed of members who are different. It is God who designed his body in that way. So just the same way that God designed our body, that every member or part of our body functions uh, differently, but is a part of the body. So is the body of Christ. We are members of the body of Christ. Amen. This is our introduction tonight to this lesson. In Jesus' name, it's a brief introduction by God's grace. Tomorrow we'll come back, amen, and talk about the church, the body of Christ. But I just want us to uh, understand that when we talk about the church, we are talking about the body of Christ, that Christ is the head of the body, and that every member of the body functions amen uh, to cause the body to be what it is and that Christ is the head of the body and he gives life to the body that we are called the body of Christ because Jesus gave his life for us. He came from heaven to earth, amen, to give his life for the church, the body of Christ. If you want to be a part of the body of Christ, you can become one by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That is what I'm going to pray tonight. If you wish to give your life to Christ, I just want you tonight, in Jesus' name, to say, Lord, I come to you tonight.
I come to be made a member of the body of Christ. Come into my life, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you because you have received me as a member of your body. Thank you, dear Lord, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow. Amen.
Welcome once again to God's Classroom. I'm so glad that you're able to join us today. Amen. The Lord bless you indeed in Jesus' name. I just want to thank God today that the Lord has brought us to this time of the year. This is the holiday approaching and we celebrate Christmas. Amen. I'd like for us to pray tonight. Father in Jesus' name, we thank you for the blessing of coming together tonight. We ask that you minister to us tonight in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Praise the Lord. So welcome tonight. I just want to thank God tonight. uh, Missionary Eunice, uh, Missionary Felicia, Lord bless you coming in early and all those who are joining us. The Lord bless you indeed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll be talking about why we celebrate Christmas. Why we celebrate Christmas. And we'll be talking about why people say that we should not celebrate Christmas, or should I say, why people say they wouldn't celebrate Christmas, why they do not believe that Christmas should be celebrated. And the argument is centered around the fact that hundreds of years ago, the period or the season of Christmas was used to worship idols. The Roman um, Empire had gods, uh, one of which was Saturnalia, or the god of Saturn. And a lot of the traditions that we see people observe today in Christmas were observed in the worship of that god. And so people say that Christmas should not be celebrated. This week, we have seen some reasons why people say that, and we have seen, for example, that Jesus was not born in the winter, that he couldn't have been born in the winter because the Bible says that when Jesus was born, the shepherds were out with their flock by night. We agree with them that Jesus may not have been born in December. Of course, they say that definitely Jesus was not born on December the 25th because that day was a day that they used to worship this God. So, they are saying that Christmas actually is a pagan holiday, it's a pagan celebration celebration of the demons and so if we celebrate christmas they say we are actually worshiping demons or the devil i come to tell you tonight that god owns every day and that the devil did not create anything and if the good that the good things that God created that the devil was taking advantage of are now used to worship God, to God be the glory. One of the arguments that these people or people, amen, 
make concerning uh, the worship of um, these idols um, and concerning Christmas is that of giving of presents or gifts. I did say that because um, that idol, during the worship of that idol, people gave gifts. We should not celebrate Christmas. Uh, the tradition of gift giving is an, a, a form of idol worship. They contend that the tradition of exchanging gifts came from Saturnalia, the worship of the, the Roman winter festival when gifts were given in honor of loved ones who died the previous year. Of course, no one can argue, brothers and sisters, that modern day commercialization of Christmas is completely or probably completely out of hand. So, I understand that people just focus on the gifts and selling and buying without knowing that Jesus is the reason why they celebrate. Therefore, us who know that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus, it is the birthday of Jesus that we are celebrating, we just want to be thankful because we know that the idea of giving of gifts did not come from any God or the worship of any idol, but that it came from God himself. That God is a God who gave us his only begotten son. God is a God who gave us life. God is a God who gave us health. God is the greatest giver. And if we have to emulate anybody at all, it should be our Heavenly Father. So we give gifts. So at Christmas, the most beautiful of traditions is that of giving of presents or gifts to loved ones. So let's understand that the Heavenly Father gave his only beloved son, Jesus Christ, as a gift for the world to celebrate a life of peace and joy and eternity with God Almighty. Let us understand that the idea of giving gifts, the tradition of giving gifts by believers during Christmas makes perfect sense because our Father gave his only begotten son. So the next time somebody tells you, why are you celebrating Christmas? By giving gifts, tell them you are not imitating any idol. 
you are not imitating, you are not doing any form of pagan worship, you are actually following in the leads of your master, Jesus Christ, hallelujah, who gave himself for us. Then remember also that at, uh, at Christmas, when Jesus Christ was born, the Magi, the wise men, came looking for Jesus. You think they came empty-handed? No. They came with gifts. They gave expensive gifts. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11, the Bible says that they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and they gave Jesus gifts. So to think that to worship God by giving gifts is something that is wrong, you can see that the Magi even told Jesus was a baby recognized fact that Jesus was the king of kings and they honored him with the best of gifts that they had. Amen. Gifts that made perfect sense. We consider the fact that Jesus was a king. And that he was going to live in this world for a while. And he was going to be buried. And of course, rise again. So gold, frankincense, and and, and myrrh were made perfect sense. I want you to know that giving is emulating God. Is imitating God. Is living the, the life of a giver is a life that is imitating the almighty God. Because God is always giving to us. Think about the fact that you woke up this morning and you're going back to bed tonight. Is a gift of God. God has Given you another day. Life. The bread of life. Good health. You may not be in perfect health, but you are in good enough health to be able to wake up and to go back to bed. God is a miracle and it is the gift of God. So God is always giving. And so for Christmas, I want you to know that Jesus already gave his life. He gave his life for you already. Now what are you going to give to Jesus? God expects that even as he gave to you, give back to him. What does he want as a gift? 
Have you thought about it? The same way God gave you his life, Jesus wants you to give him your heart. He likes that gift. The only gift you are going to give to God that is important as a gift of your heart. You know why? Because God can use that gift. Give to God something that he can use. When we give gifts, we think about something that the person who's receiving our gift can use. And I know many people are praying that somebody will give them a gift that they can use, that they really like during this gift-giving season. People want to receive gifts that they can use. God knows he can use you, use your heart. God knows that if you give him your heart, or God is saying to you, if you give him your heart, he will change it. He will bless you. Your heart will become a place for which God reaches the people around you. God wants you to give him your heart so that he can place in your heart peace. God wants you to give him your heart so that he can put the gifts of the Holy Spirit in you. Like I said, you become a station from which God shows his love, his power, and his glory to the world. Amen. No greater gift, no better gift can you give to God than the gift of your heart. You may say, so what can I give to my friends? I have no money or I do not have a lot of money. You can give them also your heart, your time from the heart, your devotion to your family in a new way from the heart can be probably the best Christmas present you can give to everyone. So in conclusion tonight, I want you to know that gift giving is not actually, is not truly a pagan uh, tradition. Once again, may I say to you that the devil stole it. He's a thief. So if you heard that during the Christmas season, hundreds of years ago, they gave gifts between the gods, or they gave gifts to remember those who died the previous year, and that it is pagan worship. I want you to know that God first gave and that he has given his best to us. Amen. God bless you tonight. And thank you for watching.
and let it pray with you tonight. If you wish to give your life to Jesus tonight, God is waiting to receive that gift, the gift of your heart to the Lord. Say with me, say, Dear God, in the name of Jesus, I come to you tonight. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for coming into my heart, Lord. In Jesus' holy name, amen. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome once again to God's classroom. I'm so glad that you're able to join us today. Amen. The Lord bless you indeed in Jesus' name. I just want to thank God today that the Lord has brought us to this time of the year. This is the holiday approaching and we celebrate Christmas. Amen. I'd like for us to pray tonight. Father in Jesus' name, we thank you for the blessing of coming together tonight. We ask that you minister to us tonight in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Praise the Lord. So welcome tonight. I just want to thank God tonight. uh, Missionary Eunice, uh, Missionary Felicia, Lord bless you coming in early and all those who are joining us. The Lord bless you indeed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll be talking about why we celebrate Christmas. Why we celebrate Christmas. And we'll be talking about why people say that we should not celebrate Christmas, or should I say, why people say they wouldn't celebrate Christmas, why they do not believe that Christmas should be celebrated. And the argument is centered around the fact that hundreds of years ago, the period or the season of Christmas was used to worship idols. The Roman um, Empire had gods, uh, one of which was Saturnalia, or the god of Saturn. And a lot of the traditions that we see people observe today in Christmas were observed in the worship of that god. And so people say that Christmas should not be celebrated. This week, we have seen some reasons why people say that, and we have seen, for example, that Jesus was not born in the winter, that he couldn't have been born in the winter because the Bible says that when Jesus was born, the shepherds were out with their flock by night. We agree with them that Jesus may not have been born in December. 
Of course, you say that definitely Jesus was not born on December the 25th because that day was a day that they used to worship this God. So, we are saying that Christmas actually is a pagan holiday. It's a pagan celebration. It's a celebration of the demons. And so, if we celebrate Christmas, they say we are actually worshipping demons or the devil. I come to tell you tonight that God owns every day. And that the devil did not create anything. And if the good, that the good things that God created that the devil was taking advantage of are now used to worship God, to God be the glory. One of the arguments that these people or people, amen, make concerning uh, the worship of um, these idols um, and concerning Christmas is that of giving of presents or gifts. And they say that because um, that idol during the worship of that idol, people gave gifts. We should not celebrate Christmas. And the tradition of gift giving is an, a form of idol worship. They contend that the tradition of exchanging gifts came from Santinalia, the worship, uh, the, the Roman winter festival when gifts were given in honor of loved ones who died the previous year. Of course, no one can argue, brothers and sisters, that modern-day commercialization of Christmas is completely, or probably completely, out of hand. So, I understand that People just focus on the gifts and selling and buying without knowing that Jesus is the reason why they celebrate. But for us who know that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus, it is the birthday of Jesus that we are celebrating, we just want to be thankful because we know that the idea of giving of gifts did not come from any God or the worship of any idol, but that it came from God himself. That God is a God who gave us his only begotten son. God is a God who gave us life. God is the God who gave us health. God is the greatest giver. And if we have to emulate anybody at all, it should be our Heavenly Father. So we give gifts. So at Christmas, the most beautiful of traditions is that of giving of presents or gifts to loved ones. 
So let's understand that the Heavenly Father gave his only beloved son, Jesus Christ, as a gift for the world to celebrate a life of peace and joy and eternity with God Almighty. Let us understand that the idea of giving gifts, the tradition of giving gifts by believers during Christmas makes perfect sense because our Father gave his only begotten Son. So the next time somebody tells you, why are you celebrating Christmas by giving gifts? Tell them, you are not imitating any idol. You are not imitating. You are not doing any form of pagan worship. You are actually following in the leads of your master, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Who gave himself for us. Then remember also that at, uh, at Christmas, when Jesus Christ was born, the Magi, the wise men, came looking for Jesus. You think they came empty-handed? No. They came with gifts. They gave expensive gifts. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11, the Bible says that they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They gave Jesus gifts. So to think that to worship God by giving gifts is something that is wrong, you can see that the Magi, even though Jesus was a baby, recognized the fact that Jesus was the King of Kings, and they honored him with the best of gifts that they had. Amen. Gifts that made perfect sense. We consider the fact that Jesus was a king and that he was going to live in this world for a while and he was going to be buried and, of course, rise again. So, gold, frankincense, and myrrh were made perfect sense. I want you to know that giving is emulating God, is imitating God, is living the, the life of a giver, is a life that is imitating the almighty God. Because God is always giving to us. Think about the fact that you woke up this morning and you are going back to bed tonight. It's a gift of God. God has given you another day. Life. The bread of life. 
good health. You may not be in perfect health, but you are in good enough health to be able to wake up and to go back to bed. God is a miracle and it is the gift of God. So God is always giving. And so for Christmas, I want you to know that Jesus already gave his life. He gave his life for you already. Now, what are you going to give to Jesus? God expects that even as he gave to you, you give back to him. What does he want as a gift? Have you thought about it? The same way God gave you his life, Jesus wants you to give him your heart. He likes that gift. There is no gift you are going to give to God that is important as a gift of your heart. You know why? Because God can use that gift. Give to God something that he can use. When we give gifts, we think about something that the person who is receiving our gift can use. And I know many people are praying that somebody will give them a gift that they can use, that they really like during this gift-giving season. People want to receive gifts that they can use. God knows he can use you, use your heart. God knows that if you give him your heart, or God is saying to you, if you give him your heart, he will change it. He will bless you. Your heart will become a place from which God reaches the people around you. God wants you to give him your heart so that he can place in your heart peace. God wants you to give him your heart so that he can put the gifts of the Holy Spirit in you. Like I said, you become a station from which God shows his love, his power, and his glory to the world. Amen. No greater gift, no better gift can you give to God than the gift of your heart. You may say, so what can I give to my friends? I have no money or I do not have a lot of money. You can give them also your heart, your time from the heart, your devotion to your family in a new way from the heart can be probably the best Christmas present you can give to everyone. So in conclusion tonight, I want you to know that gift giving is not actually, it's not truly a pagan 
tradition. Once again, may I say to you that a terrible toilet, he's a thief. So if you heard that during the Christmas season, hundreds of years ago, they gave gifts between the gods, or they gave gifts to remember those who died the previous year. And that it is pagan worship. I want you to know that God first gave and that He has given His best to us. Amen. God bless you tonight. And thank you for watching. I'd like to pray with you tonight. If you wish to give your life to Jesus tonight, God is waiting to receive that gift, the gift of your heart to the Lord. Say with me, say, Dear God, in the name of Jesus, I come to you tonight. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for coming into my heart, Lord. In Jesus' holy name, Amen. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow.